solstice. Gather round the cauldron for another episode of Good Witch, Bad Witch. Which witch are you? as both guests and hosts as they delve into Colorado's True Crime, a series of bizarre, brutal, and disturbing crimes that they dissect and try to understand. And now, speaking of understanding, here they are, Shelly and Lisa. Hey, witches. How are you doing today on this Witchy Wednesday? Welcome to the show. I'm Shelly. And I'm Lisa. And this is Good Witch, Bad Witch. Yeah. Today, our topic is going to be True Crime Colorado. Um, so we're going to kind of just jump right in because we have so much content and we're so excited about this topic, both of us being very um, true crime-esque. Um, and we also kind of decided that we don't want to go into the big Colorado crimes because um, like the, the ones that are... Um, Obvious. Yeah. John Bonet. Yeah. Everybody knows about the Aurora Theater shooting and the the Columbine kids. And we actually don't want to give any of those assholes any airtime. Hallelujah. Also, a big one that I was thinking about was Alfred Packard. Yeah. Oh, good one. Yeah. A big... Frozen uh, dinners. Frozen, yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel like uh, there was a a time there where Colorado crazies were getting a lot of attention and making us all look bad. Uh, I had a couple before we go into our stories, if you have a second. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys remember um, that woman, I think her name was Margaret Mary, Margaret Ray, whatever. She was stalking uh, David Letterman. Yeah. And he found her in his home. And she was also, I didn't know this till I looked into it a little bit, she was also stalking an astronaut, Story Musgrave. Oh. So she really liked famous older guys she i guess for the stars yeah, yeah. so she had the schizophrenia but she was uh living in hotchkiss colorado so that was kind of a little known one that was weird yeah, yeah. so many crazies come out of colorado which <laughs> i'm i'm gonna assume it's from the altitude yeah there you go yeah uh there was that guy uh shooting at the planned parenthood that, oh, yes yeah. pants, that colorado springs on mm. um the day after thanksgiving yeah, I, that was November. Huh? Yeah, I remember that because we were... We were in Boulder. Yeah, we were in Boulder at a cute little uh, cottage. Cabin. Yeah, cabin. yeah. <laughs> I was looking into it a little bit. His wife was like, you know, we never even talked about abortion or anything. Was it like a trigger issue? I don't know <laughs> what he kind of got on his nerves Something that day. Got to that guy. Yeah, yeah, three people died. He was in a bad mood. Oh, it's not cool at all. That's not okay. No. Yeah. But, did you want to do your first story? Yeah, so we're just going to yeah. totally yeah. drive. And yeah. I only actually have one because mm. I'm really, really bad yeah. with research, and I'm also bad with not um, retaining very well. So <laughs> I'm also bad with um, notes and all of that stuff. But it, You'll be a better storyteller. Just yeah. tell well, it from memory. That's tell my it from thing. your heart. Yeah. So um, here's – okay, so let's start with this is how the whole thing started. So my, I'm really, really, really super into true crime. That's what started me on podcasts. That's um, where things go. So my mom knows that. And I think she kind of likes it too. Like she'll watch stuff. She doesn't listen to podcasts. She, she must listen to ours, I think. But um, 
She also goes to the cemetery quite often. Really? Yeah. But she, it's just same one or different ones. Same one. She goes and visits my grandparents and um, all and my aunt and my sister. Whatever. Wheat Ridge, Arvada, the Mount Olivet. Oh, okay. In Wheat Ridge. So she was there, and she uh, had texted me, and she said, "You watch a lot of true crime and listen to stuff. Do you know who?" uh, um, She she had given me the name. Austin Riggs. It's Riggy, R-I-G-G-I. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about and stuff. And she's like, there's three little kids that are buried here in the mausoleum at Mount Olivet. And it just seems kind of weird. So. Oh my gosh. I Googled, I gave it a Google and, um, I looked it up and it's, it was, it's a really interesting story. Now, let me preface this with saying that the murder did not take place in Colorado, so I'll get back to that. But what had happened was this woman, Teresa Riggie, I, I hope I'm saying her name. Not blind will have to say her name right. She's a murderer. What the hell? Who's going to call you out? We right, don't know. Yeah, and it's like, your story. Yeah. And plus, what you know, she doesn't get any props. But her, she's married to a man named Pasquale, and um, they were in this awful, awful custody battle. And um, he apparently is from Colorado, and that's where that comes back to. But um, she had a conversation with her soon-to-be ex-husband about, and she had said, are you going to take my kids away from me? And he's like, you've given me no choice, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff, because she was being a -a Mm wackadoodly-doo and stuff. And so um, she went that night and stabbed all three of her children. No. Yeah. Um, the two twin boys um, named Austin and um, Gianna Luca, um, G-I-A-N-L-U-C-A. Oh, babies. And two boys. And then um, she had a little, they were eight, and then a little girl named Cecilia, who was five, she stabbed him with three different knives, which I think is odd. What and does that mean? I don't know. But then she set the place on, she did a gas explosion. Mm-hmm. She had, she set it on fire with gas and basically like said, oh no, our place just blew up, which oh, was like trying to cover for herself or, yeah. or just, yeah. And, um, did she do it to try to kill herself too? Or are you no, she, that? no, she, she didn't she do that. She, and, yeah. yeah, she was selfish enough to just, uh, <sighs> So, um, they ended up going to trial. Um, it this all happened in London. Mm-hmm. Um, she got 16 years, which I think is insane for the murder of three children. 16? Uh, 16. Oh. Yeah, what that's it. What the hell? Did they, was it be like reason of insanity or what'd she say? Self-defense? How'd she get away with 16 years? That's a really good question. And I do not know that. We'll do some research but, later. Yes, we I'll will. Do it for you. We'll talk about it. Perfect. Um, but she, um, the... This was this all happened, um, and I think two thousand one. I'm so sorry that I don't know the answer that to recently. that. Yeah, but she, um, so she was in jail, and she was permanently disfigured by some other um, cellmates. Fuck yeah! On oh. her face, Good. like nice. they That's were the like best place. Yeah, Kyle they totally Kyle tired yeah. her face. <laughs> And um, the old Kyle Dyer. Uh, poor Kyle. I'm so, Kyle. If you're listening to this, if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast and talk about your situation, your years of therapy. Yes, God bless her. We're okay. here for you. Okay. Um, but um, so her face was all messed up, 
um, a lot worse than Kyle Dyer, who is a beautiful woman. Beautiful. Um, and um, then that I think that happens. It, she was like, she was so tormented from um, the other um, cellmates and stuff that she ended up um, committing suicide in prison. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Good mm-hmm. riddance. And um, so she is no longer with us. That being said, her husband, Pasquale, who should have got the kids in the first place, had their bodies flown back to Colorado, oh. and they are now resting in their final resting place in Mount Olivet Cemetery. Oh. So, yeah. So that oh, was wow. my uh, kind of obscure true crime Colorado, which kind of was a little kind of hit, hit home yeah. for uh, me because my mom had seen their little grave. So yeah. anyways, there's mine. That's really wow. interesting. Um, is Pascal still living in Colorado? Do we know? I do not know that. And okay. I think at some point I did read um, part of that or something, and, but then I, I, I lost it. I just need more closure because he sounds like a great guy. Yeah. I know. What, if, what and, yeah, there, if, does he have more kids? Ending. Does yeah. he... Um, did he get remarried? I don't know, Pasquale, yeah, if you Pasquale. are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Well, and can you imagine you go to any given cemetery and there's a story for everybody? There you is. Know, and that's, like, yeah. Yeah. You like but to look at the, the dates. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, way to go, Patty. Patty Pavage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Mine's kind of old. My first one. I okay. got a couple of them. Are we ready? Am I good to go? Um, actually, let's take a little bit of a break first because Good, um, we need whistle. to. Yeah, I need to drink some coffee. Perfect. Yes. And stuff. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, witches, let's talk about this. If you're looking for the best photographer in the Denver Metro area, you simply have to go to Amber Braxton at Valuable Gem Photography. This lady has the most artistic, unique eye for photography. She specializes in wedding, bordure, and themed photo shoots. You will not find a more creative mind for a better price. I promise you. Find her at Valuable Gem Photography on all the social media sites or just call her at 720-469-4118 and ask for Amber. Check out the Good Witch, Bad Witch website to see some of her fabulous photos. Use the code GWBW when booking for 10% off your first photo session. Once that you've decided on a killing First you make a stone of your heart And if you find that your hands are still willing Then you can turn a murder into art Murder my numbers Welcome back to Good Witch, Bad Witch. I am really, really excited to hear Shelly's uh, murder stories. Um, I'm going to give this uh, microphone to you. Well, you have one. But. <laughs> uh, thank you for your story, Lisa. I feel like uh, familiar side is, I'm so fascinated by it because it's not people who are maybe just wired that way who go around killing other people like serial killers and stuff. But uh, especially women that kill their own children, it's so rare and so crazy and unexplainable that uh, I think those are some of the most infamous ones and that I hadn't heard that story. Thank you for sharing that with us. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Susan Smiths and uh, Diane Downs and all those grossies. Yeah. We read those books a time or 12 when we were oh, kids. Oh, absolutely. On. Ugh, gross. Well, this guy is a different kind of grossie. Um, 
So he, uh, looking at FBI.gov and Channel 7, uh, those are my sources on this guy. His name was John Gilbert Graham. And back in the 50s, he went on to Flight United Airlines 629. There were 44 people aboard. Uh, took off from Stapleton Airport in Denver, bound for Portland. 11 minutes after takeoff, 39 passengers, including uh, an infant, um, five crew members, all the passengers were dead. Um, killed instantly when the luxurious airliner crashed into a sugar beet farm near Longmont, Colorado. So uh, they were all taken to a temporary Morgan Greeley. But the deal was this shithead, he <laughs> blew up the plane because his mother was on it to get her insurance policy. And that insurance policy was worth $6,500. Oh, wow. So he killed 44 people. So wow. how, okay, was he on the plane? Yes, no, 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 because there was like no security then, this pre 9-11, like in the 50s. And he had... He puts like some sort of bomb in her bag, oh, wow. oh. or or I can make up stories. It was yeah. a dynamite bomb, so okay. I don't know if he put it in the cargo hold or with his mom. He was not on the plane, and he lived and was fine. Did everybody on the plane die? Everybody perished. Yes, wow. it was, it was gross. And so I don't know why he did that besides the money, or why he was in such a fix that sixty five hundred dollars would make him do something so evil. But anyway, he went to the Colorado State Penitentiary and died there in 1957, so shortly thereafter. Uh, that's a really small story. But uh, the other one that I think that you guys will think is pretty crazy is um, my main source was Westward, but also my life, because I knew the victim. So back in the 90s, uh, me and my friend Corey and Kathy and some other people that I'm still friends with, we worked at a strip club on Federal called uh, Cheerleaders at the time. And we wore clothes. What did you do at that strip club? I was a bartender that wore clothes. And um, <laughs> I, I had to invite my dad to come and visit just to make sure that I was um, not one of the entertainers. He, he, he found... had to make sure that, or you had to make sure? <laughs> well, he, found... he told you that yeah. you were had clothes so, on? So quick little backtrack. He found, uh, my brother called me, my brother Monty called me, and he's like, hey, uh, I've been working there for a year or two. He goes, hey, Dad thinks you're a stripper. You, you should probably call him. And I'm like, why, why would Dad think I'm a stripper? <laughs> and he goes, well, he went to his mechanics, and there's a picture of you like in a tuxedo shirt and a G-string. And I'm like, oh, oh, so there was customer appreciation days. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we and we ma- had some pictures made, and we. I still have that calendar. I will post that on our <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway, I wasn't naked, so um, we we all worked there. And uh, in the seven years or so that I worked there, there was a young woman that worked there named Amara Wells. And uh, after we worked together for a year or so, and she is a nice lady, beautiful woman. A really sweet lady. So I did not stay in touch with her, but my friend Corey did, and they did lots of things together. So years after we had all stopped working there, Corey called me and said, hey, Amara's allowed to be let out of the house. Let's all go party. And there ended up being 10 or 12 of us, and I didn't second guess why Amara would be, quote, unquote, let out of the house. So uh, she explained it to me later. She's like, her husband is really jealous and possessive, and he's just an awful guy. He's much older than her. He's like 10 years older, and um, she, they have a daughter together. And so anyway, they uh, he doesn't let her go anywhere, and she is afraid of him. 
So anyway, we went, I think, to Tilted Kilt downtown. And there were so many of us. I didn't get to hang out with Amara much. I gave her a hug. We didn't really talk much. And uh, But I did notice that she was kind of always looking over her shoulder and not having the best time of her life. She was, you know, smiling and fine, but kind of um, subdued. And I don't know. But she did say that she hadn't been out in years. Wow. Yeah. So what happened is uh, that piece of shit husband who had been beating her and threatening her and not letting her do anything um, intimidated her enough that she filed for a restraining order and he uh, violated it. So he went to prison, which is great because that's where he belongs. And while he was in prison, he um, brokered a deal with some of his old golfing buddies or something. He worked at a used car lot or something also. So he got three or four guys together to make a murder plot to take care of Amara. And so anyway, Amara, in the meantime, was living with her brother-in-law and his wife um, in Colorado. And... Uh, the house got broken into one night by these guys that, that Charles Wells or whatever stupid name is hired to, um, to murder her. And so anyway, the wife was out of town on business. Thank God. I mean, what a blessing. The, um, the killer came and I believe he used a golf club to subdue Amara and, you know, surprised her while she was sleeping and then ended up cutting her throat and, all this horribleness. And then the brother-in-law tried to save Amara and her daughter, and he came down with a weapon, and he was subdued and murdered as well. Mm. So anyway, these bumbling boobs ended up getting caught. Go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. I just. Uh, what about her daughter? Did she survive? I was going to get there. She sorry. did survive, okay. thank yeah. the Lord. But wow. she found her mother's body Ugh. in a pool of blood and ran a, a pretty far ways. How to, old? Do you know how old she was? She was, I think, seven. Okay. Yeah, she was a little girl. Yeah. And um, nowhere on the internet can you find her name, nor would I say it if you could. Right. But yeah. hopefully she she's staying with family now. She's safe. But uh, anyway, so she ran to go get help to the neighbor's house, and she was all alone. Oh, you know? man. Yeah, so uh, those guys got caught because they were all stupid. And the bounty, I believe, was $10,000 for Amara and $5,000 for the brother-in-law and his wife apiece. And the guy that killed them said the only reason he didn't kill the little girl is she didn't have a price. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, in any case, the um, I remember while all of this was happening because Corey was in touch with their family and stuff, and uh, we were watching the news pretty closely. But he, uh, that guy, the, her dad, um, he negotiated to be able to um, have a video to his daughter and say his goodbyes. And they said you can do that and talk to her. Uh, via video one more time and then you're never allowed contact with her ever again you can't call her you can't there's just nothing and so anyway he did some self-absorbed crazy ass uh, sociopath narcissist video to his daughter and um you know he's going to be in jail the rest of his life as far as i know i i probably should have followed up hopefully he killed himself or was killed (laughs) somebody did it for him we'll do some googling later but that is the true and tragic story of the young amara wells young mom Mm. and um you know crime doesn't pay don't don't be a dick yeah totally dicky thing Mm -hmm. um so i that just reminded me when you were talking about the strip bar and everything Mm -hmm. just another true crime which Mm -hmm. i think is interesting 
Um, and I don't remember the story behind it. I just remember the name. But didn't you serve Spicer Brennan? Yes. Who was, yes. Yeah, he, Breeden. Breeden. Yes. Okay. Because I remember that you mm-hmm. asked if his sister's name was Paprika. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he didn't think that that was funny. No, he was kind of a humorless fellow. Um, it, of course, it's a very original name, but I worked, you know, five days a week and I would see his credit card every day. And so, and he tipped well and all of that stuff, but you don't forget a name like Spicer Breeden. I can't remember what he ended up doing. What was the deal? I, I don't, I think it was a car accident that Maybe. he, like a drinking and driving. Yeah. Or, we'll have to look that up too, but yeah. I just popped in my head when uh-huh. you were like, cause you had said that you, Maybe after sound guys doing it. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> you, uh, like saw his or whatever, and then he was on the news. You're like, yeah. I know that name, or yeah, whatever. It's like, I yeah, served that guy 8,000 beers. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna, you're gonna remember, remember that name. He was definitely wow. a regular, yeah. Uh, so there's a, another Colorado crime for you, yeah. Um, so I know that Daryl has a big, big story that hit close to home with him, and um. I was wondering if maybe we should take a break before he gets into his big... Uh... Maybe stretch it out. Yeah. 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 Do some yeah. yoga. Yeah. Well, right. let's everybody do yoga while you're listening to this, yeah. this uh, is heavy. public oh, service announcement. Take deep breaths. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Reddit. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Hey, you want to buy some leggings? What, what do you mean, leggings? You know, leggings. Designer leggings. Like, do you... Like, for my legs? Like, <laughs> do you have them in different sizes? Yeah. Yeah, we got them in curvy... Uh, classic and queen, and all different kinds of colors, and pockets too. Pocket leggings, solid colors, all kinds of different designs. Where are you located? We're at uh, 8800 Ralston Road, Suite 202. Is that in Arvada? Right here in Arvada. What's the name of your place? It's uh, Blue Line Boutique. Awesome. I cannot wait to get designer leggings at a really, really affordable cost. Thank you so much, crazy guy who just stopped me. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm here for, your leggings. In case the war pops off, cause you can't tell what's next. My little homie baby boo took a pencil in his neck, and he probably won't make it to C22. I put that on my mama, I'ma ride for you, baby boo. Welcome back, witches. I am super excited to hear some storytelling from the man witch today. He's always Really good at telling a good tale, sometimes true, sometimes false. But this one's a surprise to me, so stay tuned. Buckle uh, up. All righty. Well, uh, mine's a, mine was a little bit bigger in the news uh, story, but it's one that's way back, and a lot of people probably don't remember it because it, it kind of got swept under the rug. So uh, it was the uh, Father's Day Bank Massacre. I don't remember which, this. Uh, it happened uh, uh, June 16th, 1991 on Father's Day. At the United Bank Tower in Denver, a perpetrator went in and killed four unarmed guards and uh, took six uh, tellers, had them in a vault, and uh, it was estimated he took $200,000. Holy moly. Yeah. So uh, the guy got out, got out of the bank, got away with it, but three weeks later, a... uh, Ex-Denver uh, cop, James uh, King, was arrested for the murders. And so uh, it went on trial, and it was on uh, back when they had court TV. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a big thing and on that, you know. And uh, so the uh, trial went through. The jury acquitted him of, of the murders. 
I have yeah. so many questions. So First it, of all, was he uh, he acted alone? Yeah, it was one guy that uh, with four four uh, unarmed uh, guards killed them and what a dick. six other people Dude. Uh, held them hostage. What's so um, th- there's a little bit of a connection with Daryl with James King. Yeah. So oh. this is yeah, that's what's So quit interrupting and listen to his no, damn story. No, ask questions. I <laughs> it's love all good. It. Yeah, yeah. No, ask away. So yeah, so as the uh, he got acquitted and. Uh, of the crimes, and it still remains an unsolved you know, murder mystery here. What the heck? Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, he is my brother-in-law's uncle. What? Yes, and they lived in Golden, and I remember as a kid, we used to go to their house. I ate dinner at their house. Oh, my gosh. Numerous times I'd been to James's house. So kind of a kind of was a crazy little thing. I remember uh, my sister was on court TV because she also worked at the same bank that was robbed in the vault. No she used to ta- way. Yeah, she used to count the so, money. So, so in your opinion, did he do it? But they just didn't have enough evidence well, to um, this convict. Is, this is what's kind of crazy. Is uh, oddly, six out of the five employees that he held hostage. Uh, yes, six. Uh, five out of the six. I'm sorry. Math is hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five out of the, five yeah. out of the six uh, people that he held hostage identified him as the killer, and he still got acquitted. He still got acquitted, and they said uh, the jury cleared him for good reasons. That's it. Yeah, That's what for they good gave you. reasons. Yeah. So he because would, I said so because I'm your mom. Right. Yeah. Well, and it was kind of funny. He uh, Walter Garash was a, a big lawyer here, and uh, Scott Robinson was who defended him. They were like the old first OJ case lawyers. Oh wow! But here in like Colorado, celebrity lawyers. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. But uh, um, he did passed away in 2016. Yeah. Oh, I, let me go back. He also when they did uh, the rating of his house and everything. He was writing a book about the same situation. I didn't do it, but if I'd have done right. it, hi, exactly. Jay. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, so, if yeah, so. I did it, this is how it would. This happen. is how I would do it. That, but, uh, that but raises yeah, he, an eyebrow. He passed away in 2016. Still remained living in Golden at the same house. Uh, became a total recluse. You know, never left the house and everything. And I'm like, you know, two hundred thousand dollars. You kill four people. Well, they yeah, never you, found the money they either. They never found the money. He yeah. never used the money yeah. if uh-huh. it was him. So just and wasted lives. Yeah, wasted lives, wasted, wasted all money. The way around. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I, Daryl and I were first dating, um, if I'm not mistaken, like going over to his house to pick him up or something. He's like, my sister was on court TV today. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. You know, I didn't even know you had a sister. No, I'm just kidding. And stuff. So, yeah, it was just Really very, close very connection. Yeah. Would, were you, um, like, did you ever drink beers with the guys? Did Would you ever suspect him of anything violent? Um, you know, I, I did see him drinking alcohol. Like I said, I was a young kid. He was just a very big, intimidating guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, kind of crazy. Um but he looked like the type, uh-huh. you know, and Menacing. all all the uh, the drawings that they had. I remember when I was a kid seeing this on TV. So I'm like, God, that looks, you know, that, that looks exactly like him. And or, that never happens. Composite drawings are so right. horrible. He shaved his head. Oh, he had a shaved head, and then he always wore a mustache. But he shaved his mustache, you oh. know. Uh huh. But the people, like I said, that identified him said, Yeah, he's the one that did this, and and he still gets away with oh this murder. God. But uh, some things too that were kind of crazy was they, uh, he was the the. Uh, guards that were killed were killed with a 38 caliber gun, and he had a 38 caliber gun that it was his police revolver, and he said he disposed of it because he no longer needed the gun, <sighs> had no use for it. 
So it's pretty uh, suspicious. Yeah, I'm suspicious of this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I think that from if memory serves from back then that, um, I think everybody thought that it was him. Like yeah. it from what I remembered, you know, they just couldn't prove well. beyond yeah. a reasonable doubt. And and witness testimony is often classified as some of the least reliable, right? Absolutely. But six out of the five, those fractions don't lie. <laughs> no, if, if that's one extra Easy person there. that Easy. was even there. Yeah. 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 So, well. yeah. I'm, okay. Great story. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of, I remember uh, my brother-in-law kind of, he ended ties with the family, on that part of the family, you know, just because it's icky feeling, you know? Yeah. And just... But uh, gross. But yeah. Did he stay married? Did he have kids? Uh, he st- yeah. He they had three three sons that were uh, older at the time, and yeah, he stayed married to his wife, and they stayed remained in the same house. In, My in, stars, that is wacky. But it was said that he he was hardly ever seen. You know, once in a while you'd see him out in the front yard, but mm-hmm. just you know, stayed a recluse at his house. Went hermit style. Yeah. So. Howard Hughes, yeah. Hugh Hefner, but whoever yeah, that guy was with the long wondered, nails. You know, where is that money? And, yeah. you know, I was telling Lisa kind of oh, what I thought was kind of interesting was back in 1991, uh, of course, $200,000 was the equivalent of $200,000. Today, it would be at uh, $382,000. Wow. So Thank you like, for doing that math. You know, kind of crazy. That's fun. What um, police department did he belong to? He was again? Denver police. And he was active at the time of the no, robbery he, or retired? He, he worked at the bank. He was a retired. Uh, he used to be, a, I think he was head of security for the bank. So he'd been casing. So he it. knew he knew the ins and outs. Who would be where at a certain time? Yep. You know yep. they uh, didn't use, need a badge to get through the door yep, because yep, they yep. oh hey come on in. Did it's... you guys hear my old timey detective work there? He was yeah. casing the joint. Uh, wow, yeah. casing I like it. That was yeah. nice. You yeah. got it, Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna rob a bank. See. I had a quick question for you, Daryl. Sure. Did enough. The four folks that were murdered, was there any chance that he used the robbery as an excuse just to murder these people, and the mm. 200000 was irrelevant? You know, I don't know. You know, they would that's have probably been uh, former workers of his, you know, because the guards. And that's the thing. I did some of the research, and they still never released the names of the guards. I think just— uh, you know, out of respect for the family, possibly yeah. or something. But yeah, that was kind of a kind of a weird thing. But I yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had some kind it. of vengeance against some of the people there, and you know, yeah. said, "Okay, well, I'll get you back one day, and it's going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars." Totally deep into it, and maybe he just didn't like his dad and hated Father's Day. <laughs> oh, that could be it. I I'll don't make know. a scene. Down with Father's Day. Yeah, that's actually. I'm going to go with that because uh, I'm all about enough. making excuses for people. Oh, he didn't get enough hugs. Right. <laughs> from his daddy. But uh, yeah, well, so, daddy. so thank and you for, uh, for letting yeah. me tell my story. That was a... I think that's really, really super interesting. Mm-hmm. We're going to take one little break before we do our um, top five, which I'm actually really excited for. five out of six? It's, it's, <laughs> we're going to do our top six out of five. It's stuff. And here we go uh, with our break. Hey, witches, good and bad. Please go to our website, goodwitch dash badwitch.com to subscribe to our comedy podcast with weekly fascinating guests. We're really proud of our colorful, functional website designed by Idel Fisher, owner of Picklewick's Graphic Designs. The site is for sure badass and nice looking, boasting bios and pics of our guests, and it's where you can find our fun GWB merch, including shirts, bags, buttons, and stickers. Find Idel for all of your graphic design needs at picklewicks.com. 
That's P-I-C-K-L-E-W-I-X.com for all your graphic design needs. Is. Uh, this is one of our favorite parts of the show. Lisa thought of this part for the format, and we just love it. It's it's become so fun uh, the day after we air to hear all of your top fives. Uh, you guys have such great opinions. But today we're going to do top five true crime stories. You know, we've been reading them and watching them on Forensic Files and, and listening to them on podcasts, you know, since we were kids. Not the podcast part, but, you know, the reading. <laughs> and, you know, Anne Rule and all of that. But so I'm just going to dive right into it and do my top uh, number five true crime story, which is the Long Island Lolita, Amy oh. Fisher. Oh, so, yeah. So that little hussy, I mean, she was 13 or something. She was young, 15, 15, let's I say. Think, yeah. And, uh, you know, she has an affair with some, is, was he a mechanic? Joey mm-hmm. Buttafuoco, some yeah. big bohunk and, uh, goes one summer morning to go, uh, confront his wife because she wants to be with Joey forever and ever. God knows why. And Mary Jo answers the door. Amy Fisher spouts some bullshit. Yeah. Shoots her in the face. And, uh, luckily Mary Jo lives and goes on to have a productive, wonderful life. And the bullet is still in her head. I heard an interview with her, uh, not long ago, really positive lady really, uh, has gracious things to say about Amy's kind of like, okay, well, she's pole dancing or making money. Um, you know, like jello wrestling with Tanya Harding or whatever, you know, just really belittling herself. And I think that she handled herself with a lot of grace in the situation. I want to hang out with Mary Jo. She just sounds like a cool bitch. But that story just really held a country so fascinated. There was like three uh, documentaries at the same time. Like they played them on nine, seven and four. Yes. With three, like Drew Barrymore, Alyssa Milano. Milano. Yeah. Yeah. They were all in a rush to be the first. So I think they played them on the same day. I think you're Right. Uh, was yeah, Drew Barrymore know. one of the Yeah, Amy Drew Barrymore Fishers? and then Alyssa Milano and then somebody yeah. that wasn't as famous. Yeah, they're just but. the psychology kind of held me captive how people get so brainwashed by it's like this is the prize you're willing to kill for. This greasy yeah. grossy. Yes. <laughs> greasy <laughs> grossy <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Hey, what you talking about, eh? I'm not greasy, eh? Greasy, grimy gopher guts. Right. Uh, so that's my number five. Oh, that's a What's good one. Least? So the my number five um, is the podcast that got me into podcasts. It was the first one I ever listened to. I was completely and totally um, just taken aback. Probably, I think I listened to it like in a weekend, and it was um, the podcast was serial. Mm. It was the Adnan Saeed um, case, mm-hmm. who um, is innocent. If anybody has any questions, I have dug deep into this, and Adnan is still in jail to this day, and he is innocent, and it is a travesty of justice. It really is. That was a crazy story, and I think it's, uh, there's a a whole company, not a company, but an organization, a charity, uh, The Innocence Project, that people can give money to if you want to look that up, and they have lawyers working night and day around the clock for people uh, that are innocent in jail and that they're trying to get released. Right. His, uh, his... Um, I think it's his aunt, um, 
Rabia Chadri. Right. She smells so good, right? She, yeah. Apparently she <laughs> smells amazing. And um, she um, she gave me a shout out on Facebook, which <laughs> I love that. Okay. No, she didn't. She just liked something I said. Still and now I, feel, I am total fangirl because <laughs> yeah. she's amazing. And um, she is actually heading his um, whole innocent thing. Um, although it's just, it keeps going into more and more um, uh, appeals and everything. And it's just not getting there and it's very very sad because he was um convicted of killing his ex-girlfriend um uh with like zero evidence it was very circumstantial it was on it was on somebody's uh word against Mm -hmm. his and the gentleman who testified against him only did it to get himself out of trouble. The and his whole... story mm-hmm. kept changing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. And he was very young. Wasn't he 19 or 20 years old? Yeah, they were old? still in high school. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, um, it's it's an awful thing. He's uh, still in jail, has been since high school. Didn't they, uh, didn't they offer him a deal and he said he wouldn't take it because he wants to be proven he's innocent? He... I don't remember that. I thought um, that he said, but it you could know, be. We watched. I will stay in prison be, until you know. I know I won't take a deal and say that I did it because I didn't do it. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Possibly yeah. so. Yeah. So. He's standing by his innocence, even yeah. though it's uh, more inconvenient for him. Yeah. yeah. He won't take a plea. Right. So if you guys want to hear more about that, you should definitely listen to the Serial podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little cheesy, but. Um, the uh it's a great podcast and it's a great story so yeah, that's really my number is. five good one yeah that delighted me yeah <laughs> um i'm i'm gonna do a twofer for my number four and it's grossy women oh. uh pamela smart and mary Kay letourneau so oh. if you guys remember they were the ones that manipulated their young male students and one of them, I think, might still be married to their much younger student and they had their students kill their husbands is this ringing any bells? So, yeah. Do, do okay, I have one so, wrong? No, I know that Mary Kay Letourneau, she, they ended up getting divorced and right. she died. So the, and the husband's still alive. Yeah, he is. But she's she was with that young, she was like 30 and let's say he was 12 30s. or something. He yeah. was like little. Little. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the brainwash part of it. And, you know, men get such a bad rap at crime because they do most of it. But <laughs> these women were rapists and Have manipulators and uh, it really just mentally ill. It's just it, it's so awful. And uh, these kids got sent a bad rap. But the Pamela Smart one, she did have those kids kill her husband. Yes. Well, yes. she she says she didn't. She's yeah. still in prison yeah she um, has no lips like they're very very thin it's almost like a like a charlie brown just line interesting i yeah. don't remember that no being look a her thing. up so she it I, was 80s times yeah and with the poofy bangs like oh yeah 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 she's like ta- very tanya harding-esque very yeah. yeah with the white pink lipstick and yeah. just yeah no lips uh-huh. and then she would do the the white pink lipstick and i was like girl you need to highlight those things right <laughs> that and that's the most important part of the just whole case not her it. that her husband's dead i just if i were her stylist i'd have done things differently right she was pretty, um, yeah, and I think she was having an affair with one of the boys. Mm-hmm. She, um, she she had like seventy three s- kids already, yes, and, and she used her sexuality to get what she wanted, and yeah. that's not nice. No, it's not. And no, it's, your turn, honey. Okay, well that, let's let's just go on from there. Um, my number four. Uh, so there's. But my number four, I, I get when I tend to get into true crime, I get like all encompassed with everything about it. And I like try to learn as much as I can. And and I don't think about anything else. So the number four that I was really, really into for a really, really long time was the West Memphis Three. Oh, um, 
who were um, Damien Eccles, um, Jesse, Miss Kelly, and um, Jason Baldwin. They were three young younger boys um, in their teens mm-hmm. that were accused of killing three little, little boys mm-hmm. that were eight-ish. And yeah. um, they were kind of... Well, Damien Nichols was supposedly the the ringleader. He was very goth. He was very, you know, wore a lot of black, blah, blah, blah. And um, the the documentary, that it was a three-part documentary that went on for a really long time, was called Paradise Lost. But if you um, want a better representation of everything, um, West of Memphis is a better documentary yeah. because Damien actually produced and directed that one himself. Oh, so from the horse's mouth. Yeah, and he, um, they ended up, all three of them, after Damien was on death row, the other two boys were life in prison, um, they ended up getting out um, 20 some odd years later with the help of Eddie Vedder, um, right. the lead singer, the Dixie Chicks. Support. Yeah, yes. Um, and uh, I mean, not like Eddie Vedder went, like, <laughs> like broke him out or you whatever, don't know. but you I, don't know. No, that's true. It was not there. I'm going to break you out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, that was um, Eddie Vedder breaking, <laughs> singing, and breaking oh, out. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You're good. That's great. Really Gosh, good. I yeah. feel like Eddie's right here. It's <laughs> just next to us. But um, Damien now is, um, we're friends on Facebook, so we're like besties. And um, he does a lot, he's very into self help. And his also, he met his wife while he was in prison. And they're still married to this day. Um, he does a lot of yoga. I mean, like a lot of like very, very healthy. He's like, and he writes a lot of books and he's just really super cool. Um, they did, they got out because they did not kill the children. They actually think that it was, I think the stepfather. Oh, they never caught the bad guy. They never caught the bad guy, but they had, um, really, really coerced, um, Jesse, Miss Kelly into, um, saying that he was, that they were the ones who did it, but Little Jesse, he was a little special, right? special. Right. And they they had him in interrogation for a really long time, and he just wanted to go home. And I think they said he could go home with his dad if they if he just said he did it. He's like, so I did it. Yeah, it was my friends, and um, they they took an Alfred plea, which was um, they basically said, okay, we'll say that we did it if you let us out, even though they never did it. And um, Jason. Um, didn't want to do the Alfred plea. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'd rather stay in jail for the rest of my life than admit that I did something that I didn't. Wow. But mm-hmm. if he wouldn't have, Damien would have died because he was on death row. Oh, so he they all ended had to up, plea. They all had to plea. He mm-hmm. ended up doing it for his friend, even though he was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And at the the 12th hour, he finally did just so that his friend would get saved off. Saved his and, life. Yeah, yeah, he saved his friend's life. And so I just, I find that case insanely interesting and um tragic because um three boys that shouldn't have been in jail were in jail for way too long and hopefully they're doing well and i know right. as far and like i said damien's doing great things with his life i don't know about the other people yeah. but i'm sure that they are yay, yay. they're out but okay. the other killer is still loose yeah, yeah the yeah. killer is still loose and they and everybody does seem to think that it's a it's a certain Step- one of a, a, stepfather, a stepfather if i'm not yeah. mistaken but oh. I'm seeing a Whatever. theme with you with serials and innocence and hot goth guys. Oh, is there a, there a thread running through? She's your... hungry for hot goth guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. That's definitely my type. So though, if you're so. a hot goth oh, guy, no, I like that yours on. have happy endings where you know innocent people True. may or did get free. That's yeah, really well, cool. Yeah, 
hopefully Adnan will get uh, out at some point. I think he will. I think he will. I hope so. He's got quite a a campaign going for him. Yeah. Uh, My number three is also Colorado-based, and I won't say the killer's name because he's already got some documentaries, and I don't think he deserves any of our attention. But I'd like to shine a little spotlight on Shanann Watts. I think uh, that case is so fascinating. I've been kind of focusing on familiacide today, but uh, it's close to home for us geographically. So I was in Frederick, Colorado. My brother, uh, Monty, lives in Frederick. And uh, that monster killed his wife and his two little girls and his wife was pregnant with her unborn son and um, stashed them in a horrible way. And he was, he's just bad at crime. I mean, just, he did so many stupid things and just get a divorce for Pete's sake. And and it was kind of like in the Scott Peterson way where, you know, he had this girl on the side that he'd been dating for seven minutes, you know, yeah, see how that goes first. Yeah. And then maybe file... File uh, some divorce papers or something. Well, yeah, but, if your um, wife is, is irritating or you don't want it, right. you know, whatever you letter. You well, and you know, here's the thing. This is going to sound awful, and I don't mean this. Okay, maybe maybe kill the wife. I'm not, okay, that sounds awful. Yeah, but don't, what the, don't the kill freaking anybody. kids? No, don't kill anybody. I, but <laughs> Just walk away and yeah, but live to see kids, another kids, I mean, are you kidding me? Innocent, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, come on. Right. And um, coming from somebody who knows, just just get divorced. I do it all the time. And I've never gone to jail. And it's going to be okay, guys. It's right? going to be okay. Yeah. Just yeah. There's light on. at the end of the tunnel. Of yeah, the there's light and... at the end of the tunnel. And those poor girls, and that, you. you know, that little boy who didn't get to be born. So he's yeah. he's a monster of every stripe, unredeemable in my eyes, but uh, another Colorado crazy. And also, just for another mm-hmm. podcast... Mm-hmm. I don't think Scott Peterson did it. You know, I was listening to that too on the TCO version, the, the latest documentary. There's a, you can't prove it. No, I don't. No, just because he's unlikable doesn't mean he's a murderer. Yeah, he's a dick. Oh, an he's a cheater. Dick. Yeah, he's stupid. Well, there yeah. was a weird white man in the neighborhood too. Right. There well, was somebody there's a weird white man in your neighborhood. White van. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, he wasn't so trying good. to sell leggings or anything. Just a weird white man. Weird white van gets him every time, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, we can go into that whole thing, but I definitely don't think Scott Peterson did it. Hey, I have a shadow of a doubt. I'll I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Um, Same okay. with the Menendez brothers, because we're listening to the same things. I, well, well, obviously, they did it. No, they did. Yeah. But, but uh, I don't think they should go to jail for it. Yeah. They they had they some had messed up stuff to happen. them when they were little. So yeah, you're gonna. No, yeah. I. They hate there's Father's not Day. one. Per- <laughs> yeah. There's not one person that actually liked their their dad. Like yeah. every pe- the men, we're like totally going off the rails here. <laughs> but with the Menendez boys, mm-hmm. like if you talk about their father, every person who ever like worked with him yep. was related to him. Mm-hmm. Or I was like, like he was a dick. Yeah, you know. And I think one of them even said, you know, if if I knew of anybody that deserves some killing, it'd be that guy. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally. So yeah, he would have been first on my list for a good yeah, killing. So let's let out the Menendez brothers. Um, hair or no, because I think one of them's kind of bald. That's okay. And no, I mean, like, but he was, he wore a toupee, like, all I the time, like, did. even when he was, like, in high school. A teenager, oh. but yeah. there's no bald shaming here. No. I'm sure your little dome. Well, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, go, go, go. Um, okay, let's not, let's get off of that whole thing. Okay, so my number three is um, the Delphi murders. Ooh, which, tell me about it. Oh, What's my this? gosh. It's really, really interesting. It's, it's. Well, and I was going to say tragic again because they all are. Yeah, they all are. It's so awful. But there's a podcast called Down the Hill, uh-huh. and um, I've actually listened to I listened to it on uh, Crime Junkies, a bunch of different things, and this is about the murder of um, Abigail and um, uh, Libby. 
the two little girls in Delphi, and they were um, 13 and 14 years old. They went on a walk. This is in, I don't remember, it was really recently, like 2014. Oh, no. They were going to this park that, like, everybody goes to. It's a cute little town. Um, I think it's in Indiana. I'm almost positive it is. And there's, like, this really, really um, high bridge that mm-hmm. a lot of the kids will, like, walk over. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of times it's, like, so rickety and everything that they'll, like, crawl over. But it's kind of a coming of passage for, like, the kids. They all, like, oh, we're going to go on the bridge. Well, right. these two Scary little bridge. girls had decided that they were going to walk the bridge. Well, apparently one of the girls took a video of her friend. And in the background of the video, there's a guy who walks up. <gasps> And he says, down the hill. And, like, he is ordering them to go down the hill on the other side of the bridge. Okay. She Snapchatted it, snap put it onto, I lied, that's not what happened. She took a picture, and he's in the picture. Yeah. Put that on Snapchat, so they have the timeline on that. Anyways, when they ended up not coming back to where that they, they were supposed to be when their dad was going to pick them up... There was a search party. Everybody was looking like right away. Like it was only within hours that they were missing. And there was like the whole town was looking because there's the town is only like 3000 people or something. Right. So everybody's looking this and that they quit for the night for some reason. That's not explained. They go back the next morning, they get the search parties back together and a small search party of friends ended up finding the girls murdered. Um, uh, and apparently very, very ritualistically, okay. um, very, um, they said that it was, the, the police won't give any details because they want to keep that close to their, their cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it said that it's almost in a serial list, serial killer is that a word? What, so they're Way. so they're bound, and they've seen other murders where it looks like obviously premeditated and um, very organized. Yes. Okay. But the other thing that's really interesting about it is that they're pretty sure that it's somebody from the town because nobody else would know that the girls couldn't go back the way they came. Oh. Um, he was obviously stalking somebody that he was going to kill somebody that day. Right. But it, it wasn't random, like, like a random guy going through town because he would have never been on that side of the bridge. Right. Or maybe had surveilled the bridge and, you know. So when they found, I think it was Abby. I'm sorry if I've got this wrong, but they found her cell phone with her and she had video of the guy saying, down the hill. Whoa. And that's all that. And he says, and he, it's, he has, it's two different things. He says, guys down yeah. the hill and stuff. And so, um, it's almost like he knew them because yeah. he had, he yeah. had recognized them, whatever. Right. And, and then that's told kind them of a to familiar go. term. You don't say guys to strangers. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that they kind of go back and forth on that too. But C- the, could they tell from the, from the photo or the video if he was older or was it kind of blurry? So that's, what's kind of funny. It's very blurry mm-hmm. and stuff. I've actually looked it up and watched it and everything. Um, he, he it, he's like in a big oversized hoodie. Right. He has it on his head. Um, it's Brown. When they first put out a composite, 
the guy looked older. Uh-huh. And then after two years, they changed it to a younger guy. So they have a new composite right. with a guy who looks to be in his teens. Mm. Well, and she's but, trying to do this maybe in a hurry and on a rickety bridge. Or maybe not in a hurry because she didn't know they were in danger yet. I but, don't think she was. It but just still, was she random. wasn't on solid footing. Right. And it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, how old was her cell phone? I don't know. Right. Maybe she didn't right. get a great one. She was 13, whatever, yeah. and stuff. So it's, but the fact that the the police, like, went went back and completely changed who they think the killer mm-hmm. is. And the, also, it's really weird that the police won't give a lot of information about any details on the whole thing. So well, let's just hope they've got a plan. It sounds right. like they're they're doing something right. It's a very very um, uh, interesting uh, story. So I, I've never about, heard yeah. that one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, gosh. I hope they find that guy. That's really really well, scary. He's amongst all of them. He's yeah. you know. So uh, that was my number three. Okay, honey. Um, my number two is fairly recent in terms of the capture of the killer. And it really um, it blew my socks off because the first time I heard about the crime was scary enough. And then everything that came thereafter, as far as his capture, was so fascinating to me as an armchair detective because I'm singularly unobservant and I hate research and I hate that paperwork and all of that stuff. And what these people did to get this guy is amazing. But he terrorized so many people for so long before he was caught. And that's the Golden State Killer. And what I think um, everybody's pretty familiar with him now because it's been such big news with his capture this year. But what was so um crazy about him he was killing people in the 70s and 80s in like the sacramento area of california in orange county and what he would do is mostly target couples and so he would case a house and um plant things within the house and you know he might be watching it for days and then they would come home and then you know two three hours later he would come out of the closet or wherever he was and then go to the couch where he hit the rope and do all these things and he would tie up the woman and um sexually assault the woman and he would take the husband and tie him up and put him on his stomach in another room and put dishes on his back and he said if i hear these dishes move she dies oh wow yeah Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Terrifying. And so what it turned out, they found out about this guy as a um, analysis. He was more, um, he'd get off more on the fear than the, the sexual gratification. You know, he would hardly ever take anything except for a trophy. He would stay and have a beer and eat a sandwich. He would just like smell and, and get off on their fear for hours. He might not leave until the morning. And they just had to sit there and, and listen wow. to wait for him to leave, um, the ones that were able to live. So anyway, um, Patton Oswalt's wife, Michelle McNamara, wrote the book, I'll Be There in the Dark, which is a fantastic documentary. And uh, it, it, with the sexy Paul Holes, you know, that guy. Yeah. No. You know. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, watch it, read it. It's it's all and really And she amazing. tragically passed away before he was... Um, Caught. caught, which yeah. is sad, but um, hopefully right. she knows that that's all taken I'm care sure of and she that does. she was a big part of that. Yeah, Go, Michelle. Um, okay, so my number two is, um, you had mentioned before, is Diane Downs. Oh, um, sorry. Oh, it's okay, because um, I'm going to talk more about her. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, this is what got me into true crime. Mm. I remember seeing her on Oprah when mm. I was still in high school yeah, and I was enthralled by this woman. Yeah. You made me read the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was just so again, another um, woman who killed her children, which is horrible and stuff. But I just was really, really into her whole story. She um, shot her three children, one of which died, one of which was paralyzed. 
um, because uh, her new boyfriend didn't want kids. Mm-hmm. And so she thought she would just, you know, go ahead and take care of that. Like, you know, whatever. She And the stories she made up to cover for herself. She was just, I've never seen such a sociopath. Mm -hmm. And when she was on Oprah with Diane Rule, and it was just so, so interesting. Um, We can go into that forever, Mm -hmm. but I won't. I just think she's really interesting. And that's what got me into true crime. I think me too, because we were probably 13, 14 years old when that book came out and, or when the crime happened and she uh, she, she shot the kids in their car mm-hmm. and she was listening to Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf right. when she did it. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh yeah. And then mm-hmm. Farrah Fawcett played her in the movie, yes. which gave Very her well. way too much credit because she is not <laughs> good enough looking for Farrah Fawcett to play her. So there's that. I'm Creative just going license. there. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. N- number one for you. Uh, my number one is, uh, again, I'm not going to name the killers, but the victim was, uh, Susan Powell. And I thought that was such a fascinating story. story. This is so cuckoo pants. So this beautiful young woman uh, was a young Mormon lady, and she met her husband in the church. And all she wanted to do was get married and and be a mom and and live in the Mormon way and and all of that. And she uh, they got married and had two beautiful little boys. And by all accounts, she just loved those kids like crazy. Lots of problems in the marriage. He was not a good husband. Um, There was physical and verbal abuse. It was gross, gross, gross. But the thing that makes this case stand out so much is how psychotic her father-in-law was. So her husband's dad would stalk her within the home. Because they lived with him. They lived with him. And they found later, after her um, body was missing and they were searching for her, they found, I think they had a search warrant for the house, and they found baggies of used, like, um, well, used tampons for one, which is crazy, and her toenail clippings and, like, cotton balls with it she had used to take off nail polish. And, you know, he had her underwear stash places and uh, tapes and tapes and tapes for days of times that he had videoed her without with her knowledge with, with and without her knowledge yeah. yes yeah it was gross. yes in her underwear and that sort of thing and yeah. just a lunatic so she ends up missing and i'm afraid to say it but uh from the research i did today i think her body's never been found i don't think they ever found her that. but if you remember the crazy finale yeah. the dad takes the boys and um, so not his not the father-in-law no the, the husband the husband the yes. husband's name was josh yeah so josh um, he knows he's caught or mm-hmm. that he knows something. Cause he's killed his wife. Oh yes. Yeah. Or let his dad do it or they both did it. Right. And so he takes his boys, um, they're kind of a standoff at the house and he murders his sons with a hatchet and then sets the house on fire with a gasoline bomb. He was in the house at the time and the police are outside like waiting for God knows what to talk to him. Well, and, cause and the, it goes up in flames. the um, ch- child custody, they had just brought the kids over for him to have a visit. Yes. So th- the woman who dropped yes. the kids off could smell like gas yes. or something like she would like let the kids go in and then she like thought it was weird and she called the police right away and he yes. just killed them and yes. while and she, she was kn- still outside yep. and she yeah. knocked on the door and all this stuff he wouldn't let her in yeah. and so yeah so he killed um him and his boys and that poor woman all she wanted to do was be a mom and i'm glad she got the years that she did to do that but creepy ass father-in-law and all yeah, the things but- it's just a fascinating case and um susan Powell, god bless you yeah Horrible. Okay. My number one, again, I was obsessed with this case forever. I still kind of am. Um, I think about it all the time was the Barbie and Ken killers. Um, 
Leslie, or um, I'm sorry, Carla Hamulka mm-hmm. and Paul Bernardo. Yep. They were married. They lived in Canada. It may be like I'm really obsessed with them because I'm Canadian. And <laughs> oh, wait, no, I'm not. But hey, I love Canada. <laughs> and I like hockey. So that's why I like, no, um, I, they were two, they were around our age. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, first of all, also they were really, really pretty. Yeah. They which, were young in the eighties. Yeah. It was uh-huh. the eighties. They were a gorgeous couple. They mm-hmm. had everything going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a little bit, they ended up finding out that he was also the Scarborough rapist. Mm-hmm. Um, he started out raping, just, mm-hmm. you know, just raping. Then he, yeah. moved, and up. Then he moved up to murder. Yeah. That seems to be a common With his wife's help. He, yeah. When he married Carla, when they were still dating, they actually murdered her sister mm-hmm. and never were caught for that. They, they ended up thinking that um, she just vomited on her own. She got drunk. Aspirate. She was young and mm-hmm. she as- aspirated. And um, that's not the case. They had drugged her, raped her. They had both raped her, which mm-hmm. is sick. Yeah. Um, they and then they when they caught that they they then they murdered two other young girls. Um, when they caught them, they had all the video evidence because they videotaped everything, which I also mm-hmm. find very very interesting. I don't know why about the video that's that somebody would have to like they want to just reenact trophy. the the pleasure yeah, yeah trophy yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, they're both monsters. I, yeah. I, what scares me the most is when you get two people that have that same amount of evil right. beating each other. Well, and Carla's out of jail now. Mm-hmm. She pleaded, uh, well, she didn't plead. She, she turned tables on him, got yeah. a lesser sentence. She apparently has a child herself now mm-hmm. and is living somewhere in the Niagara Falls area. I don't <laughs> no. know. But exactly. um, I, I don't know, it, which is awful. He's still in jail, just grossy grossies. Um, so that's my number one. We are going to come back with uh, our mail take on stuff in yeah. just a moment. Gonna need a palate cleanser. Yeah. Now, ladies, it's time for the cosmic seeker of love. He's more than just a meal, and he ain't no sloppy Joe. Oh yeah, he's the man witch. Oh yeah. So here's our man witch minute. Take it away, Daryl. Alrighty, thank you, ladies. Uh, wow, what a day. This was a lot of information today. I mean, stuff. I think we all learned a little bit of something about it. A little bit about everybody that uh, we're crazy in Colorado. You know, even including ourselves and. Six out of five of us will agree for this show that, you know, uh, it was a good one. I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, what do you think, Lisa? Was that long enough for you? <laughs> or do I still got some more minutes coming up? You actually have about another half a minute. But oh, good. We're going to go. We ran long this time. Yeah. Um, we're just very passionate about true crime and yep. Colorado and each other. We all love each other. But coming from our witches to yours day, classy, which is San Diego. <laughs> Stay bitchy. <laughs>